2: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host. And for today's episode, I'm doing something a little different. I am recording here in Medellin, Colombia, and I'm actually recording a solo episode on camera and giving this a try. Um, I know some of you guys have requested for more videos and more visuals, and I want to be able to incorporate that in this podcast. So, For today's solo episode, I wanted to talk about mindful money spending in your 20s and it's something that I've taken a very direct approach over the years, especially when it comes to mindful spending. I feel like a lot of the material we learn when it comes to money and finances are often around how to save and often maybe even investing as well, saving or investing long-term. Something I've taken from Ramit Sethi, some of you guys might have heard of him. He wrote the book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich. And I incorporated this a few years ago. I wanna say somewhere in like 2019 when I was in my final year of college. And I learned about money dials, which is where you pick the top two to three areas of your life and you allocate most of your money and your spending in these two, two to three areas of life. So, for example, for me, that would be travel freedom, dining, and home space. I love interiors. Here, I'm actually at an Airbnb here in Medellin. It is beautiful, and I love just well-decorated spaces. Of course, for some people, I would say someone like my brother or my dad, they don't mind as much on the interiors because just different tastes, right? And so, I think acknowledging that and knowing that you can allocate your spending differently than a family member or a friend and there's no wrong or right answer. In other words, if you put a lot of money towards rent because you value having a beautiful space much more than other areas, such as clothing, bags, random things, then you should. You know? Now, that also means you should be spending little to none in those other areas in order for money dials to work, right? So in order for you to actually maximize on your spending in the things that you actually enjoy, you also do need to cut back or reduce completely the spending in these other areas. Most of the time, that's kind of impossible, right? I feel like you do need to be able to spend a little bit in some of those other areas. But I think it's shifting the idea of balancing everything. So let's say you have a pie and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to balance 10% in each area of life, right? But then that kind of becomes pointless because if you don't value, let's say, I don't know, buying makeup as much as maybe your girlfriend, it would make more sense for you to take more of that spending you would have allocated in buying those types of things into maybe buying uh, convenience where like Ubers, for example, in a city like New York, that's considered a convenience bucket and like a luxury convenience, right? So to each their own, but I think it's something worthwhile to think about as you navigate mindfully spending and which areas are most important to you. Another area of spending I wanna talk about is savviness in spending, okay? So if you are really savvy, I recommend separating your spending based on specific credit cards. Now. I would only recommend this if you only have zero debt and you never had issues with credit cards. I can definitely think of some people that I know this would not be a great fit for. And if you asked me a few years ago, this I'd put myself in this category, but over the two to, past two to three years or so, when I became more knowledgeable and savvy with how to spend, I then later on learned how to allocate certain spending to certain credit cards. So, for example, I also wanna preface, I am by no means a financial expert or anything like that, so please do not pin this on me, but I am sharing things that I have been doing over the past few years in my mid-20s, and these have helped me, of course, spend money wisely, stay out of debt, and also save and invest long-term. Okay, so these are just Emily in her 20s sharing what she's done to you. So um, one thing that I've done is maximizing one card for everyday spending. So like groceries, gas, if that's applicable. Uh, For me uh, in New York City, that's Subway, taking the subway or train. And for me, that card I actually started out with was the Amazon Prime credit card because Few things, no international fees, something that I wish I knew when I was traveling internationally in college. I remember I would go to the bank and I would actually take out the currency exchange and bring cash with me because my cards had international fees. But as I became savvier with money and and finances, I later on learned like, oh, I could get a credit card that has no international fees. So that's something that I did. Um, The reason why I like the Amazon Prime credit card is because there's no international fees. Like I said, uh, you get 5% back at Whole Foods. That's also where I spend most of my grocery spending and 2% back on other groceries and gas. So that's great for everyday spending. It's something that you will spend money on and it's worthwhile, especially, like I said, if you are like me and you spend money at Whole Foods or you like to shop at places like Whole Foods and Amazon, you get 5% back. So. That was a no-brainer card for me. Um, to be honest, if you are more savvy in advance, you probably won't opt for the Amazon Prime credit card, but um, if you are starting out and you want a good, no international fee credit card and something good for groceries and gas and everyday spending, I would say that card's good. All right, so moving on to more savviness. Okay, so on to multiple credit cards. You should consider a separate credit card for personal luxuries, and this is where you would wanna maximize the return on where you're spending. So personal luxuries could look like dining out, clothing, makeup, excessive coffee, whatever that looks like, and There are a few cards that come to mind. I'll personally share what I use. Um, This probably isn't like the most ideal one, but this is a cash, a very simple kind of cashback one. And I actually have the Apple card. Um, It's like that white one uh, you can apply through literally your iPhone and it's 2% back on everything. So it's very simplified. Again, someone who's really into credit cards probably would say there's a better card for, there is definitely a better card for that kind of stuff. But you'll see as I dive into other credit cards that I use, um, why for me the Apple card that is a simple 2% back on everything is just kind of more simple for me. The next card that I personally really love, and this is great if you are a freelancer or a business owner and you have small business expenses, I'm a fan of Amex. I love Amex for many reasons, American Express. Um, I think just just the, their, their customer service and how I remember when I was listening to other podcasters and people sharing uh, more knowledge on credit cards, I remember that American Express offers a lot of protection more or less when you're traveling, when you have difficulties on anything. I know certain credit cards come with like insurance. So if you actually rented a car with your Amex, it actually uh, already has insurance because of your Amex card. So there's a lot of great perks if you can qualify for an Amex card. But for me, I travel often. I'm here in Medellin. I live here part time. Um, you know, If you follow me on Instagram, you would know the reason. I like to kind of keep my personal life or diving into like, oh, my personal relationships and why I'm here and why I'm not a little bit off the podcast for now. But for me, I love Amex cards, uh, especially as a frequent traveler because of lounge access. And depending on which card you get, it's great for business expenses and also kind of like everyday business expenses. And that even includes like dining out if you take a client out or if you have a business dinner. Um, I love Amex for that reason. But I would say the next one or a very similar tier is Chase. I believe like Chase Sapphire is a good business one. I uh, don't quote me on that. But by the way too, um, with Amex and Chase though, especially the really good ones that are really great for travel, they do have an annual fee. And so that's why I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if I would use Amex or the ones that with an annual fee, if I wasn't using it for business purposes, because I don't, you know, as a business owner, I get to write off that annual fee uh, from my business expenses. And I do actually only use that Amex card for business expenses, but I don't know if I would do that for personal spending, unless I don't know, I was making substantially much more and it made sense. So again, just sharing with you guys what I'm doing, Um, but Chase overall is also a great uh, great card, uh, a lot of different ones I have that are great. And I will say um, to highlight, if you can't tell already, I feel like I went for Amex or Chase for business cards because of the travel aspect. Um, instead of using a personal credit card that would help me gain points for travel, I instead allocated my business spending to help me gain points for travel. And that actually also helps me keep costs down. So sometimes I fly for free because of points. Sometimes I'm just getting discounted hotels or whatever. So it definitely adds up, um, but something great to look into. And even if that ends up being like your personal spending, right? And you, instead of wanting to get cash back, you are looking for a card to get points for travel, definitely look into Amex or Chase even for the personal credit card side. And then the last card I wanted to talk on, and I'm gonna actually talk with more detail on it later, but I use Built B-I-L-T, for rent payments. And you guys might be thinking you are crazy to be using a credit card to pay your rent on. And I wanna preface, I was very apprehensive to getting this card and, for, and to use it for rent, really. Um, but I learned the perks of it. I learned how m- much points I'm leaving off the table that I can use for travel. So I ended up biting the bullet and I got the built credit card and I actually will link in the show notes wherever you're watching and listening to this. Um, you can actually go check it out um, more through my link. But honestly, it is a huge hack or racking up points that on something that you're already spending on. And like I said, I'll talk about it later. Okay. So the next thing I want to dive into is saving and investing. And this is something I'm pretty passionate about because I've always wanted to be aware of how my money's going to grow and the long-term potential of it. Now I want to actually preface this mentality about saving and investing definitely came from having immigrant parents and my parents immigrating to the us from vietnam they were very mindful and frugal with their money Um, i was very fortunate that from the beginning years of my life they had helped save money for me to go to college and it was putting that money in growth accounts that enabled that money to compound over time to pay for my four years of college. And so this is something I think about as well, whether it's my own retirement uh, savings or you know another account for my future kid, whatever that looks like, right? If you are self-employed or you have excessive income as a W-2 employee and you already have a 401k, either or, definitely look into a Roth IRA. And like I said, this would be after a 401k if you are employed by an employer. So something I learned from Ramit Sethi, in his book, I will teach you to be rich is investing long term in a target date index fund. Now, again, I already shared, I am not an expert on this. But I will say in evaluating where is best as a non expert to or non you know, like extreme financially savvy person, uh, where is best to safely put my money for long-term growth for retirement, right? So I invested in a target date index fund like um, him and many others actually recommended. And what a target date index fund is, um, target date specifically means that it's based on your target year you plan to retire. So let's say it's 2050 you'd look for a 2050 target date index fund from your brokerage. Um, I personally use Fidelity, but there's Vanguard and there's um, Charles Schwab. There's many different brokerages that you can go to. So you might be wondering what is an index fund in general? An index fund by definition is a mutual fund or exchange traded fund designed to follow certain preset rules so that it can replicate the performance of a specified basket of underlying investments, okay? So, the way I simplify it in my brain is that it is a portfolio of stocks and or bonds that are already pre-strategized for me and it will, again, in, in terms of a target date fund, right? That year that that target, fate, that target date fund is set for, is the year that you're planning to retire by. So of course, if you are starting this, starting to invest at the age of 22 and your target date is not till 2060, it's gonna be a lot more aggressive in the early years. And and as it gets closer to that year, that's when it becomes more conservative, right? So that's why uh, this is already professionally managed and strategized for the best interest of the group uh, specifically in the target date fund. And as always, you should aim to expand beyond just investing in a target date fund, because people with financial expertise have always said, well, yes, this is the best simple way to get started in investing. So for those of you who are listening, you're in your early mid 20s right now, trying to figure out how to become more savvy with your finances, right? If you have savings right now, and you're like, okay, it's just sitting in my bank. I don't need this much of emergency cash. How can I take one or $2,000 of that and invest it long-term? This would be a great place to start. Now, as you generate more income for yourself or you have excessive savings, whatever that looks like, I think that's where you can also branch out and learn how to invest in a more savvy way. But I think when it comes to investing and being wise and safe about it, it's always important to think about How can I invest long term? And long term is talking like 10 plus years. And so this is something I would recommend to look into for yourself, but if you're just getting started and you're like, okay, I am self-employed right now. I want to put my money in a Roth IRA, which right now the annual contribution is $6,500. So that's something, again, to think about. But I think overall, just being a little bit more aware. Again, you don't have to be an expert in this, especially if you don't work in finance, but just being more aware of where your money goes, how it can grow is personally is personally for me, I think one of the best positions to be in as a female. I've always emphasized this mentality as well in that you don't have to be the breadwinner or you don't have to be the one that manages finances in your future household, right? But it is a lot better to be aware of how money works and how it comes in and out, because I think something that I have observed in women in in what they regret that they wish they did in the past or something from many, many generations ago is that in previous generations, women were not as, not only were they not as aware of how money works and how financial investments work, but because of that, they felt like they couldn't leave maybe really shitty situations, right? And so this is why I share this and push women to become well-rounded and knowledgeable, but doesn't mean you have to be an expert in this because um, I think for me, I've always wanted a male partner that also understands finance and this realm of life, Um, maybe a little bit more than me, but I think it helps that I understand it too myself.
0: And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com.
1: Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6,000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
2: When it comes to saving outside of investing long-term, it's ideal to have cash on hand for expenses that come up unexpectedly, so I would say a safe, conservative amount is three to six months. Now that is also a very difficult runway of cash flow, but you know I think it's better safe than sorry for sure. And we had, a, and I actually had recently had a guest on. Uh, you guys might have heard that episode with the founder of Cash Confident, but. It's interesting because when shit hits the fan and you have something that happens, maybe it's with your car, or you uh, you know left your job because it was toxic, or you had to leave your roommate situation, whatever it was, that money that you have on hand is no longer than like an emergency fund, right? It's just the fact that you have the cash to pay for something that's urgent, right? So I think this is uh, something to be very, very mindful about, saving and having cash on hand, but also that's the thing too, is like saving too much and just having it in, like even just a high yield savings account, which I'm gonna to touch on in a second, is not going to compound and grow your money the same way putting one, five, ten thousand $10,000 in a retirement account right now that will grow exponentially five, 10, 20 years from now. right? So keeping the cash on hand is not going to be the same as investing it, but it is still important to have at least, you know, a couple thousand dollars on hand, um, especially if you live in a big city like New York. I think an easy way to calculate that is to take your rent and, you know, maybe other miscellaneous expenses, but I think the rent is an easy place to start. Take your rent and multiply it by three to six, and you start working on it. So let's say your rent is $2,000, right? So two times three that's $6,000 ideally, you want to grow a savings account to a number of roughly $6,000 to have on hand for just in case so you don't have to worry that you don't have the money um, to pay off whatever that that you need. Um, For high yield savings account something that I once again also learned from Ramit Sethi, I love the Capital One high yield savings account. Um, The APY is actually around five to six percent And in other words, what that means is you earn interest for the money you have in this savings account. And so that um, per year would be five to 6%. Something fun to also note too, if you want to have a systemized rule in place is you can create a rule that auto transfers money from wherever. So let's say a checking account from a different bank, even if it's a different bank or just from Um, your checking account. For me, I have a Capital One checking account and I have a Capital One high yield savings account. And so I created a rule that um, X percentage of money or X percentage of whatever that's coming in is transferred over to this high yield savings account. And that way I don't have to remember to do it manually. So things like that, I know Ramit Sethi uh, heavily talked about, which is just having a system where it takes less work for you. You don't have to remember and you don't have to manually do it because most of the time if we are trying to remember it, we have it in our calendar or as a reminder, we most often forget. And I think uh, to, to add a layer to that when it comes to investing, it also helps if you have a rule set. So this is something I do as well. I actually have a rule set so that uh, my, a certain amount of money gets pulled from my account, whether it's checking or savings, it gets pulled over into my Fidelity um, Roth IRA account, um, or just Fidelity account in general. It becomes cash on hand available to trade, okay? And then on top of that, I actually have a rule set that whatever cash I have on hand gets automatically invested the day after that money comes in to my Fidelity account and that gets invested in my Roth IRA, which in this case is invested in that target date index fund, like I said earlier. So a lot of good things to think about and I wanna preface again, I am not an expert. I also um, only learned this over the past few years myself, but I noticed in having conversations with friends and seeing um, a lot of fellow girlfriends of mine not be as aware or mindful of how some of this works, it made me more passionate to be able to share this and at least share what I know. And of course, over time, as I become more knowledgeable or as things adjust, I can also share that with you guys as well. Okay, so the last thing I wanna touch on are maybe a little bit more specific credit cards that can help you guys, especially if you are struggling a little bit or you don't have the ability to, let's say, open a new personal credit card that would help you to gain travel perks, okay? So, like I said earlier, I actually recently got into built credit card, B-I-L-T. This has been really fun seeing my points rack up for travel, in which I actually recently used the points to book my flight to Miami. And it's fun because it's like, it's, it's points that I gained from paying rent. Now, you might be like, who the fuck? would pay rent with a credit card. Let, let, me, let, me, let me tell you for the skeptics, okay? I was skeptical too. So how a bill credit card works? Um, a few things. Some people have said, okay, I actually give a check to my landlord. They actually will write you a check as well. So there, there's a whole like system and they very much uh, can cover your objections. Um, the other part too is for you for for those of you who rent let's say out of like a normal uh, building or something and there's a fee if you pay with a credit card build actually provides you with a account and routing number that is connected to your credit card which then would alleviate any credit card fees from your building management or whatever system that they run the payments through okay the cherry on top which I really love and I did not know, until i actually got the card because for me i i actually on a separate note i always have money set aside for rent so i take a portion of what i'm making and it completely goes into a separate savings account for rent it's literally called future needs savings account okay and this money is just to ensure my rent is always, always, always prepared. I actually have a girlfriend um, that does something similar like this too, which is really, really cool. Just like have conversations like that. Like, oh my God, you do that too? Like we're just finance nerds. But um, I, because of that, I never was afraid like, okay, once I pay on the credit card, I can just take the money and pay it off right away. But the fun part is that Built actually offers a, a tool, rule, whatever you want to call it, where you can, process the payment almost like a debit card. So you can connect any account you want to your built credit card to ensure that it withdraws like a debit card, right? So basically, I'll put it this way. When I pay rent through this built credit card, instead of it being put on my credit card statement, it actually immediately withdraws money from my future needs savings account that I just said it withdraws money from there and uses that money to pay the rent, okay? So the, what I love about that is, especially for those of you who are worried that you might slack off or if you have parents or whoever is like more guiding you on money and saying, hey, you're gonna slack off, that's a bad way to get into debt, right? That's the thing, for me, I'm, I'm not using credit to pay rent, I'm actually only using what I have and it's pulling directly from an account just like a debit card works. So like I said, I really love this card. I also use it for Lyft because I go between Lyft and Uber and Revel here in New York City or in New York City whenever I'm there. And so it's nice because now I've designated that card for Lyft rides because it gives me five X points. And so it's similar to what I was sharing earlier is when when you're getting savvier with how you're spending, reallocating which card you spend on certain things for. My boyfriend <laughs> doesn't really like this stuff. He's, he's maybe a little bit more like simple. And, you, you know, I think my dad would be like this too. I know a lot of people are more simple than that. Um, but when I was taught by my friend Ronnie, who's very business savvy, very credit card savvy, I was like, wow, I'm missing out on a lot. Now, I definitely don't have nearly as much as him. And I think there's a threshold on how much you should how many credit cards you should have. But um, I think if you are not in debt and you know that you're savvy but you just don't have the knowledge, I think this is definitely a great place to start. Again, I'm going to be linking my built link uh, for those of you who are interested in uh, checking it out and maybe applying for the card. Um, I recommend it. And this is coming from a girl that is a skeptical. I don't like to spend shit on credit cards or unnecessary things on credit cards, but yeah, the next card is more for those of you who need, I guess in my own uh, own words, you need to buy time, okay? Uh, the Capital One Quicksilver card is great for 0% APR, so 0% interest for the first 12 to 18 months. It depends what you qualify for, depends what their offer is. Um, and I wanna really, really, really like you know, put a star here um, and and preface, don't get this card so you can spend recklessly, but if you are someone that, um, you know, you are maybe in a couple thousand dollars of debt from overspending in your other credit card and you're paying 20% APR right now, 20% interest for anything that's remaining on the statement that you're not paying off every month, um, it's great to consider this card to either balance transfers, so you're buying 12 to 18 months of time, or um, again, no longer spending on that card that's gonna continue to rack up interest and be able to spend whatever you need on this card and buy time, okay? Now, something I do wanna share too is, let's say you do get into using this card because you wanna make sure that you don't go into potential debt with interest, right? do not wait to pay off statements. This is something I remember I had a roommate like years ago. I think this was like sophomore or junior year. And I'm not saying this to be judgmental, truly, but I remember I was a little surprised that this person didn't realize you should be paying more than the minimum due, right? Usually it says, I don't know, maybe minimum $25 due, minimum $75 due, I don't know. Pay as much as you can Uh, Even if there is 0% interest, the reason being is because you want to get in the habit of not letting money accumulate on how much you owe, right? Even if you have 18 months to pay it off, think about how your money habits are because chances are, uh, you know, later down the road, you are going to probably like overspend, and maybe because you think that you uh, have enough money to be and you're like, oh, I'm not racking up interest here so I can wait and you keep pushing it off and off until let's say you have three months left and it's like, I don't know, $7,000 right, worth of spending on that. Not a great position to be in. So personally, I would only recommend this 0% APR card uh, for those of you who need to buy time for whatever reason um, or you are looking for a second card for whatever reason, but you don't want to tap into the risk of paying interest if you, I don't know, for whatever reason, you know you're gonna have a certain amount left. Again, take that with a grain of salt, but this is definitely just things I wanna throw out there because some of you guys might not even know that there are credit cards out there that don't have interest for a specific time period when you first sign up. And lastly, like I shared a little bit in the beginning, if you prioritize travel and you want to maximize points to get free flights, lounge access, etc., I'd look into American Express or Chase. Um, TBH, I prefer Amex. Something I just realized, not all American Express cards have no international fees. I believe it's actually only the American Express Gold and Platinum, so something to keep in mind, and honestly, like I said, I, I don't know if I would ever get an American, like an Amex Gold or Platinum that's not for business, but that's probably, I don't know, just like a personal preference. Um, So that being said, if you have no reason or need to get the Amex Gold or Platinum, probably go towards Chase because I believe all Chase cards have no international fees. And even the premium Chase cards with annual fees, like $99 or something, um, and some of them do have like lounge accesses as well, or access as well. um, It's gonna be cheaper and still no international fees, so. Um that will give you a little insight into how I mindfully spend and also how I kind of travel hack and seem to travel a lot. And some of you guys might be like, where do you get the money to do that? Full transparency. It's I I use points, and even if I can't use points for a full flight, it does actually discount it a lot if I can do partial points and partial payment. So something to keep in mind. Um and if you guys want more expertise on points and how to maximize your credit card i would recommend the points guy he has an app which i have and i actually upload or connect my credit cards to it so i can keep track of where i could be allocating like which card for which area of spending for and just kind of like good nuggets to know right just being more wise with your credit card because i know most of us uh, especially here in the us we have credit cards and I know Americans were not the best uh, spenders uh, and or savers. So the earlier you dive into this, um, I think the more fun it gets and the more knowledgeable you have. And honestly, the more, you know, just just the more more secure power you have for yourself to make decisions down the road, um, you know, that in a way where you don't have to stay in a shitty situation or you don't have to stick around with someone Primarily because of financial reasons. Um, so, just want to encourage you guys out there. For those of you who are curious and want to be more mindful about how you spend money in your 20s, and uh, yeah, that is all for today's episode, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this. And as always, if you enjoyed this, please be sure to share on your Instagram, tag the podcast Instagram at What Fulfills You, and my personal one at Emily E. Duong. And if you guys haven't heard, I actually recently released an email newsletter it comes out every week on friday where i share personal insights and thoughts into various topics relationships my mindset um, quotes from books that i love all the knowledge that i accumulated over the years and uh, wisdom that i would have loved to have been able to read as well when i was in my early mid-20s so if you are curious to get the email just uh, tap on the link in the show notes it will just say subscribe here for the weekly email. Tap on that and you will get my next weekly email. Thanks again for tuning in today. I will chat with you all in the next one.
0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.